Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 96. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined as always by my co-host, Justin Watson. It is the final episode of the year as we get ready for UFC 232 this weekend. And also, we uh, do a year in review. As we promised last week, we're going to do a uh, Valor year in review 2018. Talk about some of the people that really stood out and, uh, you know, hash out who we think are going to be the of the year uh, award winners, uh, if you will, through the fight of the year and fighter of the year and all that good stuff. So uh, that should be a lot of fun here at the end. We've also got a couple of great interviews. We'll be talking to Nate the Train Landweir fresh off his win at M1 Global. He defended his featherweight title uh, in stellar fashion, as always. And then, of course, we'll be talking to uh, the uh, the married couple that are both competing on the Valor card coming up on January 19th in Knoxville at the Coliseum. It'll be James Adcock and his wife, Christina Ricker. They'll both be competing on that pro card. And uh, besides that, of course, uh, a couple of discussion topics to, to get us started, Justin. Of course, uh, UFC 232 originally supposed to be in uh, Las Vegas at the MGM Grand, uh, but it has been moved. Uh, in, and of course, uh, the reasoning behind that is John Jones, um, is at the center of it all again. <laughs> it is a bad uh, uh, test sample comes back uh, flagging him for an oh-so-minute amount of a banned substance, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission is refusing to license him. So the UFC uh, has a nightmare on their hands, more or less, as they have uh, now decided to move the card to California where they will license John Jones. And the card can continue as planned. However, um, it's going to be just a mess. <laughs> Obviously, getting all the people moved over there, the fans that have bought tickets are being refunded. But obviously, there's a lot of uh, other expenses that go into making a trek to Las Vegas for UFC five beyond just your ticket. And uh, honestly, uh, just a mess. Uh, John Jones, of course, uh, they're saying he hasn't really done anything wrong. It, these are trace, uh, I guess, traces of a certain metabolite or some such that um, are lingering still after all this time. There are some still questioning this, the, the situation, of course, because I think he has passed some some screens in between now and then where this hasn't showed up. So, so people are, are thinking that he's possibly on the juice again. Justin. What's up, man? How was your Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> we really had a good one, dude. We really had an awesome Christmas, man. It was uh, it was awesome, and we really uh, just stayed at the house. You know, we, we locked ourselves down, as we are apt to do around here, and we played and ate and uh, were very lazy. How about you, bro? Man, it was awesome. I got to come up there and spend a couple of days with the most gorgeous redhead in the world. Now, hey. I, got my, now I got my dog her down here and get to spend the next week with her you know through uh through the new year so the holidays are are great this year man it's always nice when it's always nice when that you know we, i'm sure we've all had our share of, of bad ones you know but it's always nice when they're when they're good you know 
Yeah, always love a smooth one. Not so smooth for the UFC, though, like you said. Um, you know, John Jones controversy again. Um, so I, I listened to, uh, you know, Jeff Nowitzki and Dana White came out yesterday and, and kind of did a like a press release. Um, and Nowitzki, you know, you formerly uh, working for Us- uh, USADA, come over to the UFC kind of as, as the liaison uh, for all that stuff to help the guys know what they can take and what they can't take and, um, you know, just, just to, just to help out, you know, with the transition. Um, but he came out and said basically that, uh, what happened is one drug test out of the last four or five, uh, one came back with some very small trace amounts, uh, picograms, um, of Tyrannobol basically. Uh, which is what he failed for last time. And it was the same thing last time. It was, it was, picograms you know the way that he explained it uh would be as if you were to take a pinch of salt or not a pinch i'm sorry a grain of salt and put it on the table and cut it into 50 million pieces then one of those pieces would be a picogram um i think that hurt his range was somewhere in between like 20 and 60 or something like that um so you know the experts are saying that it wouldn't have any any benefit whatsoever uh, but Nevada just says we're not we're not going to do it. So you either you know you lose your main event or you pick up and move. And you know I guess the, the UFC decided it was in their best interest to pick up and move. And uh, sucks for you know a lot of these fighters. Everybody's going to have to pay a higher tax rate now. Um, I don't know if there's been any discussion about that. I th- think that the UFC is will probably eat that. Um, and you know as well as compensation for for family and uh travel expenses and stuff um you know but it's a tough call man i mean uh you know it's it's weird to have Nowitzki and and dana white coming out behind john like this and you know it, it's a bad look for for usada for the whole i don't know for the whole industry really i guess usada cleared him you know Nowitzki doesn't work for usada anymore he works for Dana White, so you expect him to, right? You know, to go to, go to bat for him. But, but Usada cleared him. I mean, Usada says that they've been seeing this recently that that it's a a long term metabolite, and that it there's some kind of a pulsing effect where you know you can take several tests and and not not fail, and then all of a sudden you have these trace amounts with you know uh, n- not not ingesting anything um you know so i don't don't know i mean the 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 people that i have listened to or read that are you know the the actual experts are all making it seem like it's you know it's just a a flaw in the in the testing system and you know for whatever reason um nevada just doesn't want anything to do with it but california said you know we don't care we'll do anything uh so, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're talking about if you lose John Jones on this card, you're talking about I think that you're talking about a potential of, you know, I think that this card can probably do seven fifty, eight hundred thousand 800,000 buys. This probably only adds to the buy rate, to be honest. And, you know, if you take this fight off, if you, what are you going to do, 200? So, you know, you're talking about 600,000 pay-per-view buys at 60 bucks a pop. You know, it's that's a ton of money. Um, so I think they're making the right call. It's it's unfortunate. And, you know, 
it wouldn't be this wouldn't be the case for anybody else. You know, you get John Jones, uh, McGregor. You know, there's a couple names that that this would happen for, um, but I, I don't think that you would ever hear about a uh, you know um, an in you know you know a drug test like this and it being kind of overlooked. I guess um, for anybody, you know, Ryan Hall. This couldn't happen to Ryan Hall. No, um, no. <laughs> so, but you know, but could it happen to Cy- I mean, Would they would they have done it for Cyborg? Hmm, I don't think so. I don't either. No, I think that uh, you know. Again, I think that John Jones is, is just too big of a star. You know, I, I think that I think John Jones is absolutely the greatest of all time. I don't think that that we've ever seen a fighter as well rounded as John Jones. And you know, as as bad as it feels now and uh, as nasty as it tastes right now i think that all this controversy with him only makes him more popular i mean it only makes more people want to watch him get beat up or want to watch him succeed and you know i think like i said i think that you you have a a, you know at least a half a million pay-per-view by difference between what john's going to bring in and what cyborg would bring in alone you know cyborg and nunez and i mean that's a that's an amazing fight but the times being what they are now, I mean, it's just so easy to get to, to access stuff like that. You know, if you're, if you're willing to, you know, not have the best quality and, and stuff, if it's not a fight that you're really looking forward to, there's not any reason to spend that money anymore. Um, I think that, you know, you'd have a lot more people that, that just would watch the replay um, if it were Cyborg and, and Nunez, but everybody wants to see this fight. I mean, this is the best fight of all time. In my in my opinion, I think it was top five best fights of all time, and I mean, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to lose it, you know. <laughs> like them moving the date, that only scares me more. I mean, if they move the date, then more stuff comes out, and then we lose the fight altogether. You know, I, I don't know. Gus doesn't care. That, that's that's the biggest. As far as the the drug testing goes, you know, Gus said you can be on jet fuel. I'm still going to finish you. It doesn't matter. So, you know, if Gus is down to fight, I say let's do it. <laughs> I just think it's, yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of messed up for Nevada. I mean, it was a bad decision. I think that uh, somebody might be losing their job. Um, you know, come come uh, election time or whatever. I guess there. It's I guess the commissioner is appointed by the governor. Um, so you know, I wouldn't doubt it if the commissioner loses his appointment. I mean, you know, Nevada is going to take a, a hit. On this, oh, that's a lot of loss for them too. Yeah, they're going to lose a lot of money too, and um, you know, if if everybody else is saying this is not a big deal, and Nevada, the athletic commissioner in Nevada, is saying no, I'm not going to let it happen. I mean, you know, he's solely making this decision, you know, against everybody else, and he's going to cost the state a ton of money. You know, that it's not going to make your boss too happy. I mean, what about the MGM Grand? You know, yeah. what, is, what what kind of recourse do they take? They've got a they got a venue book. They got an event book. People come and all you know their whole their whole hotel probably that weekend is filled with UFC fans that are not coming though. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of repercussions they could take, but I mean, it 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 just it screws them bad. I mean, you know, like, like you said that you know they can't they can't book another event a week out and and sell it out. You know, like. You know they can't they can't do a six million dollar gate on 
you know, Three I don't know. What, yeah, well, what are they going to bring in? Right. You know, like, I don't know. You got to think this is a this is going to be a, a resort full of people that were going to be there for the weekend, most likely spending money in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, rooms, food, gambling, all that. You know, now they're going to have to really uh, readjust here at the last minute. That said, there, you know, I, I'd be very surprised if they gave refunds to any of the people that had the rooms booked. They may have given them a credit, but I but I can't see them probably giving a refund. Yeah, I guess. You know, in in that situation, if you're if you're a person that is traveling to Vegas to watch fights, um, you know, then I guess it'd be okay just to give you a credit. But uh, you know, that would be man, that'd be tough for the fans. You know, you think about think about some fan that's saved money for the last four years. You know, from mm-hmm. from Sweden. You know, somebody that that you know is from uh, Stockholm that that grew up with with Gustafsson and they've been saving. You know, had their life savings put down on this and. Now they lose everything. Um, I don't know. You know, it's 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 a shitty situation, I guess to say the least. But I don't know. I think that the I think the black eyes on Nevada. The at the end of the day, I'm, I hope that that's that that's in, what ends up coming out. I mean, I hope it it comes out that this was you know just a bad call by Nevada. Yeah, we'll definitely have our eyes uh, on that situation this weekend. Of course, uh, we'll be watching uh, the pay-per-view uh, portion of things, and uh, I really do think it's going to be a great card, and we'll dive into that here and make our plays on this big event. Uh, we'll get to that after our interviews, of course. We've got a couple big ones coming up, and uh, we're going to jump on the line now. Let's get uh, James Adcock and Christina Ricker on the line and uh, chat with them ahead of their fights at Valor 54 Coming up here next month, we have got the uh, the. To my knowledge, now I could be wrong, but it, I think I'm fairly certain in at least stating the first professional married couple in in the state of Tennessee to to compete on the same car the same night, and that is going to be Chris Ricker and James Adcock, both of Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. They'll be competing Valor Fifty Four coming up January nineteenth at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. How's it going, folks? Nice to have both of y'all on. I think this is the first time we've had a couple on the Valor Hour at the same time as well. I think it is, too. I mean, we're just trying to make set new records, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're just making history. So, here, you know? <laughs> so of course, uh, of course, Chris is going to be Chris is going to be facing Haley Turner uh, coming up, uh, and then James Adcock is going to be facing uh, Brandon Grimmett. Uh, but, but we'll we'll dive into uh, yours first, James. You'll be taking on uh, Brandon Grimmett, a guy who we've seen many times. It's been several years since we have seen him. He's an action guy. He comes forward. Uh, you know, he lives he lives by the sword and dies by the sword, if you will. Uh, talk about your preparation for this. Uh, it's been a minute since uh, we've seen you in action. So uh, anything you've been you've been working on? Uh, yeah, for this time, mostly I've, I've just been fo- mostly focusing on cardio. I know this guy's going to push the pace. I know he's going to be tough, and uh, I know I can't let my cardio fail with this guy. So it's it's one of those things where um, training's been pretty intense. I've been working focusing a lot on cardio and focusing a lot on uh, just uh, not being overwhelmed because he likes like you said, to push the pace and make a good fight. So I'm looking to do the same. My cardio is going to be on point. I'm looking to push the pace, so it's going to be fireworks. 
this is a fight that I think will be exciting. Uh, both of you guys, you know, you're not the type to to look to lay and pray and, and that type of thing. Uh, of course, it's, it's a big cut for you. You know, you're you're cutting down to to fight Grimmett at 135 pounds. Uh, he's a guy that has fought at 135 regularly, even 125 from time to time. So he he will not have a big weight cut coming in. He'll be fresh and uh, and move around a lot. You know, uh, talk a little bit about you know your. I know that you've uh, you've started uh, over at Frankie's uh, working on your conditioning, and I can see just from Facebook that your body transformation uh, is, is is awesome. You know, you've really uh, gotten into peak condition there, and uh, I'm sure that <clears throat> they they've got you on pace to, uh, to make this weight cut because I've seen in the past when uh, you've made 135, you've looked like you didn't want to be at 135. <laughs> yeah. Uh- in the past, I've definitely done it the, uh, I don't know if the, you say the wrong way, because I definitely made weight, but uh-huh. I, the, I probably didn't feel the best at 135 in the past, but at this point, um, I'm working out with Jason over at Frankie's, and he's putting me through the ringer, and he's putting muscle on me with, and taking weight off of, of me at the same time, which is pretty crazy. And uh, he's also helping me with my diet, and also my wife. She she's a great cook, so. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> so she uh, that ma- that makes it a lot easier, actually. So uh, eating good food, working out at Frankie's is is been a blessing. It's been amazing. So, you know, uh, of course, uh, your your wife, Christina uh, Ricker, she's going to be also competing on this card against Haley Turner coming all the way down from Michigan. And uh, Haley just fought one of your teammates, one of your close friends, uh, Taylor Turner, in a very good back and forth fight. Uh, so I'm sure she's given you lots of good insight on uh, what to expect. Uh, Haley looks like she's really tall, uh, you know, uh, for the weight. And, uh, you know, just talk a little bit about uh, your preparation for this. You know, you, you went up to Canada made your debut against a really tough girl and uh, have fought nothing but the very, very best as an amateur to prepare yourself uh, to be a pro. So talk a little bit about getting to finally fight at home as a pro and uh, what we can expect in this fight because, you know, I've seen both of you all fight and I know this is another one. I mean, not to, you know, toot our own horn, but toot, toot, this is going to be a good action fight. I think it will be. It, it's, I mean, there's definitely some advantages. I don't want to get, like, too over the top with thinking that I, I have an upper hand. Um, but I've fought because the pool for women to fight in is very, it's smaller, um, comparatively for than men. Um, and so I have fought competitors that my teammates have faced before, um, which gives you a better insight. It's like, Oh, they felt like this. I mean, you can watch a girl fight, like you can watch your opponent fight, actually talk to someone uh, and be like, well, they felt like this in the cage. That's pretty valuable information. Like that's pretty awesome. Um, so Taylor's been fantastic. She's always a fantastic partner. Um, I believe her height's about the same as Haley's. Um, so we've been sparring a lot, which is extra fun because I love sparring with Taylor. So now I have an extra excuse to spar with her. Um, and she's also on the card. So I try to mimic her opponent the best I can as well. Um, so I think it's going to be an exciting matchup. I don't, I don't want to say there is a particular body type I do better against. Um, I'm pretty well versed in facing all sorts of people, short people, tall people, you know, and it's a catch weight at one thirty, So I got to eat Christmas, which was <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So you, you've only got, you've only got to cut a little bit more than, than James on the, or no, probably not even a little bit more, but just to a little bit less, if you will. 
the uh, you, I was, you, you made a good point there. Taylor has a very similar uh, build and height uh, as Haley, so I'm sure that is going to be really good rounds for you. Of course, you are one of five female uh, pro fights on this card. Talk a little about the the preparation uh, leading up to this. KMA has a large contingency of pros, but not only that, they have five female pros. Uh, that is something that I feel very certain saying that has never happened here in Tennessee. Um, to talk a little bit about the, the lead up, the camp, the vibe, and in uh, everything uh, in, in preparation for uh, what's coming up here in just uh, three and a half weeks. Um, I think the camaraderie's been really good recently. We'll see what happens when we all start really cutting weight. You know, everyone's going to get a little testy, I'm sure, in these next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, no um, doubt. That's okay. <laughs> necessary. It's necessary for fight camp. Um, but, I, I mean, it's just great. We have a fantastic team, and we've always been really supportive and pulling for each other to get fights um, and compete really well. And you're right, I don't think – I think a few of us have been in a card at the same time, but never this many and never this many women for sure. Um, I don't know. I just speak volumes to where the sport is going, I think, um, and that we can put on really entertaining fights and really good fights um, worth watching. Um, and then we're a force to be reckoned with. So there's a lot of girl power. We're probably a lot of girl power <laughs> in the gym right now. No, this will be the first. Is it now? This will be the first time that you've competed with James on the same card. Is that is that accurate? Even before you were married? Yes, it is. We've been in fight camps at the same time, and we've been in situations where, like, I fought, and then right after, like, the next weekend, he has. But we've never been on the same card. So luckily, we've died to did dieted together before it's hard to say um and that was when we knew we could actually get married because we didn't murder each other in that time it was a test <laughs> no <laughs> doubt pre-marital counseling <laughs> <laughs> um but it is gonna be i think maybe a little bit of nerve-wracking i'm gonna say it's gonna feel more fire to know that he's fighting on the same card as i am and like I mean, we both have the same attitude. We're jazzed, we're jazzed, we're jazzed. And then 30 minutes beforehand, it's like game faces go on and it's just time to go to work. Um, and he's always been in my corner. I think there's only one fight he's missed that um, he's not actually been in my corner. So this will be another one of those situations um, where he won't be able to corner me. And um, we both knew getting into this. And again, that was a discussion before marriage. Like, well, this is going to be our lives. Like, we got to be prepared for this type of stuff. Um, so it'll just be fun to have another day at the office with him. Like bring your wife to work day, bring your husband. Yeah, to work no day. doubt. James, I want to get your take on kind of the same thing. You know, this is uh, I've been around both of you enough in in, uh, in each other's fights to to know that neither one of you are ever really nervous about your own fight or not visibly so. But you're obviously more you, more hype and excited for your partner's fight. Uh, you know, which one of you guys gets uh, is more is more amped up for the uh, you know, are you are you uh, very uh, what's the word? Are you, uh, you know, making sure all the, the eyes are dotted, all the T's are crossed or are you one of these people that you know everything's got to be just so my girl's fighting here everything's you know if when when your hand is taken off of that does that does that bother you because you know essentially you're going to be having to prepare for your own fight you're not going to be able to to be at uh, your partner's beck and whim uh, as you would normally be for for a normal fight uh yeah luckily for me she she can pretty much do it all on her own it's not I feel better, and I'm, I, I like to say I think she does too if I'm in her corner when she fights, but really she can do it all on her own. And, I mean, the environment we have at the gym with Eric and Joey and everybody and all the leaders and all the coaches there and everything, that you, you can't really go wrong. Um, 
if Eric's in the corner, you're going to do great. And Eric's made such a great atmosphere at the gym that he's taught other people how to corner. He's taught other people how to lead people that we have more than we need to pull off and not like this. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's probably a little bit more stress, but it's not, it's not too much because I know we both can handle it. It's, it's going to be fun and exciting for sure. I think it will be, uh, without a doubt, uh, a very exciting evening. And uh, before I let you guys go, who is the more, who is the hardest to put up with the last 24 hours of a weight cut? Who's the grumpiest between you two? Because, because generally just not to be, not to sound, not to sound sexist or whatever, but I would just generally assume that females are just more, you know, grumpy about things. But again, not to poke too much fun at you, James, but seeing some of these pictures that you make in 135 in the past, you looked like you weren't in the best mood. Um, I will claim my title as princess during that 24 hours. I will own that. I am quite a princess. Um, but I, we react differently. James, if he gets a little cranky, he's just withdrawn and he doesn't want you to talk to him or breathe his air or do anything. So we usually just separate. We just separate. You have your room in the house. I have mine. And I get to be a princess somewhere else and he just gets to be left alone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm absolutely the most dramatic. 100%. James, your take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the same uh, it's definitely, uh, she, like she said, I, we, we've kind of learned to balance after we've had, uh, <laughs> or after we've done this a few times, we've kind of learned to balance out, you know, uh, give and take a little bit between each other. So she's definitely a little bit more dramatic, like she said, and <laughs> I'm a little bit more just want to be left alone. So it, it's good. We compromise and we get through it actually better than, uh, better than I expect. So, well, I'm super it, it, excited. It, 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 I'm, I'm super excited to see uh, how it all goes down here. January the 19th, Chris Ricker and James Adcock, both in professional action, married couple, both going to war as pros the same night of Hour 54. Best of luck to you guys in these final few weeks of uh, training camp. Before I, before uh, we let y'all go, I'm going to let you do some shout outs where they're due. Any kind of uh, sponsor love, training partners, uh, friends, family, any, uh, and you know where we can also uh, follow you on your social media and keep up with uh, your, your day-to-day training and whatnot. Yeah, uh, uh, I'd like to thank my gym, first of all. Uh, Eric and Joey and everybody there and Frankie's Body Shop. Frankie... Uh, Jason, Jason King, he helps me out with my workouts and, uh, he's my personal trainer and, uh, Frankie's got a, uh, great facility over there. And, uh, I want to thank everybody there. And, uh, here's Christina for hers. Thank me. I'm super important. He also thanks me because I'm great. <laughs> okay. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, well, I'd like to thank my husband because he's just super supportive wow. and yeah, he's just the best. Um, but absolutely, KBA, they've made this all possible. Um, Eric and Joey and Jason, the whole crew over there, they've made everything possible. So, hands down, they get the most, even before James. Um, Frankie's Body Shop, he's inventing new ways to torture us and make us the best that we can be, absolutely turn us into athletes um, to where we're not so miserable to cut weight and we're also mean and lean as hell. So, they they deserve a whole lot of credit. Both Frankie and Chloe um, have been putting me through the ringer once again, their favorite time. Favorite time of the year. Um, but, but I think that's it for the both of us right now. We're not holding too many sponsorships. You can find James um, on Instagram at Adcott 
Scott James. Um, that's his name, I think, on there. That's his username. And then me, I'm just under Christina Ricker. And you can find us both on Facebook under our prospective names. Once again, this has been Christina Roadhouse Ricker and James Adcock. They'll be throwing down together. Married couple going to war of hour 54. January 19th at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. Thanks so much. For, thank, thank you so much for the time, guys. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Tim. All right. On the line, uh, it is my honor to have yet again on the Valor Hour the reigning and now uh, defend, uh, has already defended, if you will, M1 Global World Featherweight Champion, <laughs> Nate the motherfucking train, Landweir. Joining us now, Nate, how's it going, my man? Oh, man, just chilling. Got done working out, you know, just uh, enjoying my time. Champ, the double champ, two-time champ, you know, just chilling. <laughs> of course, Nate uh, coming off a big win uh, where he finishes his opponent at uh, at M1 uh, with a, if I'm not mistaken, a third round, uh, the TKO. It was an epic war. Uh, Nate, you got dropped uh, early, got clipped. And a lot of people probably thought yeah. that was it, but anybody that's seen you fight before knows that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to beat this guy to death, really, for him to stop coming. Uh, the, the 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 motor on the train is is always in prime condition, and in the third round, you really you really put it on him. Uh, he didn't want you, you dropped him. Uh, he didn't want to stand back up. Uh, the finish, the last thirty seconds, was some of the best shit I've ever seen. Uh, you you really put on a show uh, while you beat the shit out of this guy. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, man. Hey, man, that shit was some fun ass shit for one. Uh, it was just cool coming in, champ. You know what I mean? And with the, being the champ, is a couple things. <clears throat> you ain't fighting three rounds no more. You know what I'm saying? So really, as long as you don't get finished, the first two rounds really don't count. You know what I mean? Unless you really get smashed on. Well, I mean, it really don't count. So I always feel like shit. I put anybody that fights me in in a simple position. Either finish me or get finished. I mean, that's oh, the yes. way I'm rolling. You got to, you know what I mean? And I'm coming right at you the whole time, no stop. So, uh, I, I mean, I was t- I was landing some clean shots the whole time on them each round. You can't really see them, but they was getting flushed and they was adding up. And uh, it takes a hard, it takes a hard man to match that pace, man. So, uh, I felt like he was breaking even in the second round. He was already starting to break. It's a lot with them lights, man. These cats get nervous. They ain't ready for it. <laughs> You've been under them already now for uh, for a couple years, fighting the very best. Uh, you know, there's there's no way anyone can can rip on Nate Landwehr's strength of schedule. You know, you fought nothing but killers. They're they're bringing yeah, man, that's, the very best guys was, they got. Yeah, that was a big that was a big uh, a big pride that we took ourselves on when we was in the regional uh, reach. I, I'm doing on the regional scale, we knew we knew that we was just getting ready for the prime. We knew that we was we knew we was going to the top, so we wanted to get ready against the best people. Travel a little bit, get ready, bringing the. If we was gonna fight somebody, we was fighting the toughest son of a bitch in the area. And uh, I mean, that's how we did it, man. That's how we do it, and that's why I knew I was ready for the next step. But the question is, is cats ready for me? That's right. That's right. Now that that brings me to my next question. You know what? What can? What is next? You know, is are we going to see defend that title again? Is the UFC calling in? I mean, we know there's a relationship with the UFC and M1. I can't imagine. Yeah. So you know why, how you wouldn't be yeah, that the sure. UFC can't be yeah, safe. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, with the with the way they got it down, I mean, I defend twice. I got, got an automatic contract. This, uh, oh. Yeah, so that's cool. So I got one more fight for sure. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I like what we're doing now. So, of course, the UFC is the UFC. So, you know, it's going to be cool, though. I mean, I feel like I'm just some cool-ass shit, but the coolest shit I'm, is going to happen is about to happen in my future. You know what I'm saying? I'm just been, hey. There's not a motherfucker out there that got a better highlight reel than my shit. No, no, you're right about that. And you know, you've got a you've got a great highlight reel. You, your personality is infectious, I think, uh, to say the least. <laughs> and and it's something yeah, that man. it's something that is it's it's gold, really. And I and I and it it really is marketing gold. And you know, you you don't have a, a boring fight style. You are very entertaining and uh, man, and, just, and a great and a great looking guy too. On top of it all, so I, I you've got to I feel like back. I feel like yeah, I feel like M one is just right up the alley for me they got everything you feel like you a star because they got the turnbuckles and shit uh-huh. oh man you feel like you wwf coming out damn star. that's what i wish i could have did is sean michael kicked him is what i should have done oh a super kick. hey tell me if that shit wouldn't have been the coolest ever oh that'd be vi- that'd go but, viral <laughs> yeah man i wish i could have hit him with the hbk but uh, Sweet it was fun man i wanted to uh we'll see who they got next who it's We'll see if somebody's ready to really battle me for five straight rounds, like that Townsend fight. Because I'm bringing it. I'll bring that shit every round for five for five minutes, five rounds, right at you. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen Nate Landward gas, and no, I've I've never seen you in a fight where where you were, have slowed down at all. I you know you don't take steps backwards, you know, and that's what guys are not ready for. That for you know if they if they manage to keep that pace for a round or two, they they can't do it in three, four, and five generally, and uh, that's what that's finish. what separates a champion. Gotta finish me. Yeah, I was built. I feel like I was built for this lifestyle, man, and I you see it. We feel, I feel like something's, something's happening right now with M1. I'm becoming a star over there, man. It's like, what? Okay. I always knew I just needed to get that shot. And once I got my chance, motherfucker, I took full opportunity of it. So do you feel like the do you feel like you know you're still fighting the tough guys from each region over there? Do you feel like the the crowd is starting to 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 get behind you to kind of get behind the train, welcome oh, you, or do you still feel like me, they're man. They love me. The only people that don't love me is somebody that already got a guy. But if I'm not fighting that guy, they still got to watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like if you got a guy, you got a guy. You know, if you already got your guy, you're going to support them. But everybody that's a free agent over there, I'm winning them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, you know, the timing on this was great. You managed to get your fight in before Christmas. You know, so that had to have been nice, getting a nice paycheck, yeah, coming home for the holidays, not having to cut weight yeah, and, and diet over the Christmas me. holiday. Got that belt on me. Got the championship title with me. You know, it was a great Christmas, man. Can't ask for nothing more. I'm uh, defending my belt, man. That's what I wanted to do against a tough challenger and broke them. Just broke them. That was my Christmas present to everybody. That fight. Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, <laughs> watch that shit and just know that, hey, there's more coming soon. 
Well, to, to kind of relive it for everyone, the last 30 seconds or so of this fight, Nate drops this guy. The guy is very much wants Nate to just fall into the ground at this point. It seems like he doesn't want to stand up. He's exhausted. He's hurt. Nate, Nate, you know, backs up and, and beckons him up to join him back on the feet. And the, and the guy just really it just doesn't want to do it. Nate gives him maybe two or three seconds to decide, says, fuck this, turns around on a dime and walks back over there and commences to just beat the holy hell out of this poor motherfucker until they finally stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the theatrics of it all were, was so good. I, I feel like, man, like, you know, it, when you've ran your course in this MMA thing, man, you've got to take a look at WWE. Yeah, man. I just, man, you know what? I try, that's how I fight, man. I fight like, man, it's my last, like an old man looking back, man. You know what I'm saying? Tell me somebody that used to do this shit, they old, and then they had one chance to go back and fight. That's how I, that's how they would fight. It's like I fight. You know what I mean? I don't know All in. All in, and uh, yeah, man, I just knew that he was breaking on me, and he was talking all that shit, so I really want, I want him to get up, because when you're on the ground, you cover it, you know what I mean? It's yeah. hard to really land the shots that I want to land these shots, so I was like, shit, get up. So so everything opens up to getting hurt. <laughs> he, wasn't ready for that. he wasn't ready for that. The whole crowd was loving that shit. I mean, that's that's, that's the second time I've done that in a, in a fight, be able to walk around the cage and tell the son bitch to get up. Yeah. <laughs> it really was awesome. I wasn't able to watch it live, and Justin, my, my co-host, he sent me the clip, and I was just, like, loving it so much, man. It really, truly, it brings a smile to my yeah, face man. every time I see it. For sure, man. Hey, that's a real fight. You know I'm there to scrap. You better get your ass up, baby. Oh, my man. Again, we appreciate the time checking in with us, brother. We'll have to get you back on here uh, before your next title yeah, defense. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'll come back on. For sure. Give us give some shout-outs where they're due, where the fans can follow you on social media. You you definitely want to oh, follow yeah, Nate the Train. Hey, follow me, Nate the Train, Instagram, Nate the Train on Facebook. It's only one. Uh, type in Nate the Train on YouTube. See some real good fights. But uh, I would do it in the, in the morning with a cup of coffee because at nighttime you might not be able to go back to after getting hype, you know what I mean? <laughs> very good advice, very good advice. My man, Nate the Train Landwehr, thank you so much for the time. Right, we will talk again soon. All right, that brings us to our UFC 232 picks. Conspicuous by his absence, Greg Hopkins, unable to make it this evening. He is way out of the running regardless. Justin and I, however, really close to the black here coming into this week. I've got 94 and change out of 100 units. Justin has 95 and change out of 100 units, and we are ready to make some plays. Uh, we're going to run through the preliminary portion of this card first. It is on the uh, Fight Pass. We have four Fight Pass cards, it looks like, here. And uh, I'm going to run down the odds on these, and we are just going to do uh, quick picks, if you will, uh, for for these first uh, prelims. Montel Jackson, minus 165 over Brian Kelleher. Uh, the total's two and a half over minus 200, under plus 170. Uh, Curtis Millinder minus 150 over CR Bahadizada. Two and a half the total over minus 120 under plus 100. Uriah Hall versus Bevan Lewis in a pick em fight, both minus 110. The total is one and a half over minus 175 under plus 155. And then Andre Ewell takes on Nathaniel Wood. Uh, Ewell is minus 115. Wood is minus 105. The total is two and a half. The in um, the, the over two and a half uh, is minus one twenty five. The under is plus 
105 for this first uh, group of fight pass fights. Uh, I am going to play CR Bahadazada at uh, plus 130 for five units. I like the underdog there. I like Uriah Hall as well for five units at minus 110. Uh, Justin, any plays uh, from you? Yeah, I'm going to do uh, Uriah Hall as well. I'm just going to put five units on him. Um, and then I'm going to do a parlay with uh, Montel Jackson, uh, Peter Yawn, and uh, Ryan Hall um, for five units also. That three-way parlay at five units returns plus 160 on Montel Jackson, Peter Yawn, and Ryan Hall. Moving on to the Fox Sports 1 prelims, pretty solid card. Ryan Hall takes on BJ Penn. Ryan Hall minus 470, BJ Penn plus 375. The total is 2.5 over minus 225 under plus 185. Peter Yan takes on Douglas Silva de Andrade. Peter Yan minus 310. Silva de Andrade plus 255. Totals 2.5 over minus 185. Under plus 160. Female fight. Kat Zingano versus Megan Anderson. Zingano minus 150. Anderson plus 130. Totals 2.5 over minus 210. Under plus 175. And finally, rounding out the prelims, it is the big ticket. Walt Harris taking on Andre Arlovsky. Harris minus 165, Arlovsky plus 145. Total two and a half over plus 125 under minus 145. I like the underdog in the uh, the Andrage versus Jan fight. Uh, go with Douglas Silva to Andrage plus 255 for two units. Also go with Megan Anderson plus 130 for three units. And I'm going to play the under two and a half rounds on the heavyweight bout between um, Walt Harris and Andre Arlovsky. I'm going to go 10 units on that one. I really like the under two and a half on that bout. Justin. Uh, yeah, so in this section, um, I'm going to do uh, straight plays on uh, Megan Anderson and Chad Mendez. I'm going to do five for uh, Megan and 10 units on Mendez. Um, then I'm also going to do uh, Chad Mendez and Megan together. Uh, in a parlay for five units. And I'm going to do a uh, parlay with uh, the unders for uh, Chad Mendez, uh, as well as the Zaire Bahardazada fight. Uh, take both those unders for five units. All right. And of course, that parlay would return plus 240 on the unders for both the uh, both those fights. It'd be plus 240. Uh, that brings us to the pay-per-view portion. You uh, jumped, the, jumped the gun a little bit on Mendez. That's our first bout that we'll talk about on the pay-per-view portion. Uh, you just mentioned you would play Chad Mendez and he's taking on Alex Volkanovsky and uh, Mendez is minus 160. Volkanovsky is... Uh, Plus 140. The total's two and a half over minus 150. Under plus 130. Uh, I'll follow suit with you on that Chad Mendez play. I like him here uh, against Volkanovski and a big step up for Volkanovski. And I'm going to go 10 units on Chad Mendez there. Um, and then uh, that brings us to uh, our, the next battle on the pay-per-view card. I'll let you uh, brief us on uh, the light heavyweight battle. Oh, yeah. So you got uh, Ayer Latifi and uh, Corey Anderson. Um I think uh, I, I like Ayer I Latifi in this fight. You know, uh, last time we saw him, he was in there with events, and I mean, he just he looked phenomenal. Um, you know, he's been been in this training camp with Gustafson, and uh, you know, I'm looking for both of them to to kind of come out shining. Um, Corey Anderson, I think you know the way Corey Anderson would win is is to to just kind of get on top of him and and hold him down, 
and I just don't think he's going to land the takedowns um, when they get in the clinch. I think uh, Latifi is, is a lot stronger there, um, you know, and, and I think he's, he probably ends up finishing uh, Corey Anderson in this fight. Yeah, I, I've got to uh, got to agree with you there. I I, I think that uh, Anderson will have to wrestle, and I don't know that he's got enough wrestling to get it where he needs it to be. I think in a in a firefight, Latifi has got much better uh, shot of, of of dropping Corey Anderson, uh, and I've got to go with Lear Latifi uh, minus one forty five for ten units, uh, as well as a play on the under two and a half rounds plus one fifteen for three units. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, five for Latifi, um, and I think I'm gonna parlay the under uh, here in a minute. But I'm with you on that too. Of course, that brings us to the feature bout. Mike Chiesa moves up in weight to 170 to take on Carlos Condit, and he my uh, Chiesa is minus 170. <laughs> Condit is plus uh, 150 here. The total is two and a half, and over is minus 105. Under is Minus 115. Um, I really think that I like Carlos Condit here um, with the plus money odds. I don't think that Kiesa, uh, you know, is is really ideal at uh, welterweight. He's he's not a you know a physically uh, imposing uh, welterweight or lightweight for that matter. And I think that even though Condit is late in his career, I think at plus 150 there's some value there. And uh, I don't think I like to play the total, but I'm going to take Carlos Condit plus 150 uh, for five units. Uh, Justin? I'm going to do the same thing. Um, you know, Carlos is, I don't know, man, he's, he's been on a real rough stretch. I think he's won like two of his last nine fights or something crazy. Um, that might not be that bad, but, you know, he's, he's you know, just he's fighting the best in the world every time. And um, I think with Kiesa moving up, you know, I don't. I don't think that he is in. You know, the elite. I didn't think he was really in the elite of 155, and so at 170, you know, he's not going to have the advantages that he had at 55, being tall and rangy. Um, but you know, I mean, he's got pretty good submission skills. I mean, he, you know, he has. There are ways that he can win. I just, uh, I think the odds are missing it on this one, and I think it's. Be good to jump on Condit. I'm going to put 10 units on him. 10 units on Carlos Condi on uh, getting that plus money, 150. That's a nice play. I like it. Uh, that gets us to the co-main event. Cyborg. Uh, man, <laughs> Cyborg versus Amanda Nunez. Uh, Christian Justino, minus 245. Amanda Nunez, plus 225. Now, this is, a, might I preface, is at 145. So, uh, Nunez coming up in weight. The total is two and a half. Over is minus one sixty. Under is plus one forty. Oh wow! This, uh, I man, this is a hard one to call. I mean, I think conventional uh, would knowledge you would lean towards Cyborg, known as you know one of the just scary women on the planet. But man, Nunez is really tough. She's really good. She's kicked the ass of, of many a, a, a top uh, athlete, and including ones that were solid at one forty five. So. Uh, I think that the odds are a little skewed here. I think the money will will probably come in on Nunez because this line's been tightening up a little bit as we get closer. Um, it's gotten a little bit closer today. Nunez is plus 225. I think a little earlier she was plus 230. I'm going to take a flyer on Nunez. I'm going to take Amanda Nunez plus 225 uh, for three units, and I'm going to play um, the over uh, 
for, uh, let's see, I guess it would be the over two and a half rounds is minus 160. So I'll go over two and a half uh, for another six units. Justin. Man, I'm, I'm right with you on this one, too. Um, I think Amanda Nunes has, has definitely faced a better competition. You know, I mean, everybody looks at Cyborg as being this monster, but unfortunately she hasn't had the ability to to fight the same level competition in her weight class as, as Amanda Nunes has in hers. I know it's, it's a struggle for Nunes to make 35. Um, and, you know, I don't know, it, it might not be the biggest size difference, you know, um, you know, if Cyborg took um, Holly to a decision. That's, that's probably her, her biggest opponent, you know, um, Nunes has, has finished everybody in the top of, of the 135 pound division, um, and I think, you know, she is the only person really in discussion to, to give Cyborg a run for her money. Uh, but I think that once you get into the later rounds, I think it just gets more and more Nunez and the conditioning, uh, is going to wear on Cyborg. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take, uh, Nunez for, for five units and then I'm going to parlay, um, the over with the under on the, a year Latifi fight. The over uh, two and a half, uh, along with the, did you say the under on the Latifi fight? Yes. Under two and a half on the Latifi fight. So that will be plus 115 and minus 160. Bear with me here and I will tell you what that uh, pays out. Let's see here. Okay, it's going to give you back plus 250. So a parlay with under two and a half rounds on the Latifi bout uh, with the over two and a half rounds on the female title fight. It comes back at plus 250. Really solid, honestly. I love that parlay. How much? Uh, five units. Five units to get back uh, plus 250. And uh, let's see, man. That, that, that could be really solid. I'm going to play. I'm going to. I'm not going to play it on our panel just because that would be straight copying you. But I am going to play it on the on, like in real life. I'm play the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, brings us to our main event and uh, the one that everybody's been talking about. Uh, John Bones Jones makes his uh, his glorious return to action, and he'll be taking on the man that's given him the the toughest go to date, Alexander Gustafsson. Uh, a, a guy that uh, you know, he he's one of the the few that's been able to show some some weakness in John Jones, but John Jones still a heavy favorite here. He's minus two fifty five, and uh, Alexander comes back at plus two thirty five. Totals four and a half rounds in this title fight, and the over is minus one fifteen. The under is minus one hundred five. Don't see a lot of value in the total. It's hard to call that, but uh, man, I do think John Jones probably gets this done. Um, man, I really think that uh, I kind of like a parlay with John Jones, uh, uh, parlayed with uh, Chad Mendez, because I think those are both fights that I feel fairly confident in, and just to make, to sweeten it up a little bit, so it you know just so we can get a little better. A little pay on our action. Let's throw in. Um, yeah, let's throw in the under two and a half on the Walt Harris and Andre Arlovsky fight. So uh, that'll be minus one forty-five on that parlay. Bear with me. I'll tell you what this will pay out. Uh, John Jones going with Chad Money Mendez here, and uh, the under. 
on the, the Arlovsky and Walt Harris fight. That brings back plus 285. So uh, I'm pretty pleased with that return. And uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go seven units uh, on that parlay plus 285. Justin, your thoughts on this main event? Uh, probably, you know, one of the most excited fights, uh, most exciting fights for me in a long time. This was, in my opinion, top five best fights of all time the first time around. And, um, you know, I, I think that neither one of these guys have really put on a ton of miles since then. Uh, it's been it's been a long time, but, you know, they've neither one of them have a ton of fights. So um, I like Gustafson, though, man, uh, as the underdog, you know, at two to one, a little over two to one. Um, I, th- I think that, you know, his boxing may shine um, and get get Jones, uh, you know, uh, questioning uh, things and, and Alex might take him down again and you know who knows what's going to happen but um, I'm going to take Gus on this one for five units and then I'm going to do a big parlay to finish it off you can just tell me when you're ready for that yeah I got you down for Gus for five units at plus 235 alright so you ready for this parlay I am I am alright it's a 10 team Oh wow, maybe I'm maybe I maybe I'm not, but uh, I can be real quick. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna go with Nunez at plus two hundred. Okay. Well, let's see. Me, I'm looking at it on Bavada. Let me see what what the other odds are. She's two twenty at five dimes. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Nunez at two twenty, um, Gus at two thirty five, Condit. At 150, uh, Latifi at minus 145, Millinder at minus 150, uh, Megan Anderson, and let's see where she, she's at, uh, plus 130, uh, Uriah Hall at minus 110, uh, Brian Kelleher at plus 145, Andre Arlovsky. At plus one forty-five, and Andre Ewell at minus one fifteen, and that is going to play something obscene. I'll tell you that. Uh, okay, so that ten-team parlay: Nunez, Condit, Gustafson, Latifi, Millinder, Anderson, uh, Uriah Hall, I should say, uh, Keller, Arlovsky, and Ewell. Man, this comes back at. <laughs> plus uh plus three of man, I don't even know how to say this. Uh let's see, plus three hundred and seventy-one thousand seven hundred and ninety. Um the, the, that would be that is what uh that, that is crazy. How many units? <laughs> Just throw one unit on there. One unit on this wild and wacky uh parlay. All right. Um that will come back uh I guess that would be based on a hundred, so we would get to, we'd pull back a couple decimals. So one unit would pay back thirty seven hundred and eighteen units. <laughs> thirty seven eighteen. So you've got to play this uh, on the books for real. Oh yeah, I've already got it in on Bovado. <laughs> Actually, right now for um, ten bucks pays back twenty eight thousand one hundred and thirty seven dollars. 
That's wild, man. And there's a, I mean, who know, who knows? I mean, it's yeah. not that crazy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's ten bucks. You know, I'm, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win that. I'll, I'll throw something else to cover that. I'm not yeah. planning on hitting it, but Jesus, thirty grand. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. One, uh, so on this one unit, will get you back thirty-seven eighteen or thirty like thirty-seven hundred and eighteen units. Um, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I win the competition forever. If forever, I yeah. I don't think we all just, yeah, we all just go away at that. <laughs> oh man, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Of course, that is uh, that wraps it up for our our picks panel, the final one of the year. Uh, UFC two thirty two. We'll be checking it out this weekend. Uh, of course, also PFL is Monday. That is their championship uh, show. We have not uh, got odds on that, so we won't be able to do picks, but I am excited to see how that all shakes out. A lot of title fights in one night. Also, Ryzen is this weekend, right? Isn't Floyd Mayweather boxing or something against the Japanese yeah. guy? Ryzen? Which, uh, which event of those two are you more looking forward to? Um, I guess that one, just because of the freak show, right? Is that the one with all the, the, the better fights? There, there was one that had like that was like notably better, but then then one had like you know one or two pretty good fights. Yeah, I think PFL is is. Oh 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 shit! Okay, hold on. You're asking. I, there's actually two Ryzen shows. I thought you were asking me which Ryzen show I was more excited for. Oh. I don't know. No, yeah, there's a Ryzen show Saturday and Sunday, but I think one of them is quite a bit lesser than the other. Anywho, uh, I would actually say I'm probably a little m- more looking forward to the PFL show. I'm just more excited I- for that, yeah, just for the layout, just to see it all play out and everything. Right. Uh, so is the the Sunday one for Ryzen, uh, that's the one with Floyd on it. Does that also have Darian Caldwell on there? Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it's got Darian Caldwell. Man, that's, that's the fight right there. Like Bellator sending sending Caldwell over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's gonna be a that's gonna be a show. Yeah, I've been watching to see how we can see it. They haven't really released a whole lot of information on uh, viewing options here, but I'm sure we will figure it out. Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk. Uh, we'll we'll touch on that stuff next week. We'll see how we'll see how all that uh, shakes out on a big weekend of MMA here. It's always kind of tradition, I guess, to to go out with a bang with some big cards and the UFC is doing it up and PFL and Ryzen are following suit um, on New Year's Eve. So uh, it should be exciting to see how it all shakes out. And uh, yeah, as we welcome in 2019, uh, that brings us to our main portion of the show. We, uh, we promised you last week, we're going to deliver the best of 2018. We're going to take a look back here at 2018 and kind of the, the highlights, if you will, the throw some praise and accolades where they are due. And, uh, you know, we had seven events under the Valor, uh, Valor umbrella in uh, in 2018. We, we started the year off uh, in Knoxville with Valor 47, Knoxville Civic Coliseum, as we generally do. And we're going to do again in 2019. We got January 19th back at the Civic Coliseum. We always like to kick the year off there. It's a great venue and a, a Knoxville staple. And uh, just kind of looking back on that car, Justin, were you at that? You were at that. Did you did you uh, work that show? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. 
of course, uh, just kind of the, the things that stick out to me from that night, of course, uh, we saw the, the debut of Silas Reynolds, uh, Nick Jewell. Uh, we kind of had his coming out party that night uh, with a big knockout over West Monarch in a fight that he a lot of people probably saw him as an underdog. Uh, we saw the debut of C.J. Baker that night. Uh, Tevin Brown began his push uh, for a big 2018. Uh, we got a stoppage win over Jonathan Blackwell that night. Uh, Yancey Alcantara uh, beat Fatini Kandris that night. Another big fight. Olivia Parker uh, moved to 4-0, I believe, with a big win over uh, AKB's Erica Camp. Uh, we saw Lynn Cook return after a long uh, hiatus. Uh, he beats John GQ hitting in uh, pro Muay Thai that night. Uh, James Conway, he had a big win that night over Jordan Weeks. If you recall, he, it was one of the bloodiest fights uh, we've ever had. Uh, splits uh, Jordan Weeks with an elbow, and it was was just oh, it was blood everywhere. Uh, Keith Olsen made his pro debut that night as well. Jason King uh, got a big win uh, over or over uh, Stephen Haig that night in the main event and kind of a coming out party for him as well. Uh, your thoughts on that opening event of uh, 2018, man? That was uh, we we started the year off with uh, with a bang. Yeah, that was a hell of a way to to start the year. You were talking about that that week's cut. That's probably you know like in the top three that week's cut. Uh, and you know, Cowboy Oliveira last week or, or a couple weeks ago, those were, you know, kind of went, went head and head. Man, that was a nasty. Yeah, they were close. Fight. They were close. It was really you could see like shit in, done in there. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I had blood on my scorecards from that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was that was it was a great time. I had I had some people come in and watch it. Everybody, everybody had a blast. Loved doing the Coliseum. We moved on in March to Valor 48. It was at the Nashville Fairgrounds Arena. Uh, that night, of course, Joseph Long uh, made his return to the case for 2018. Got a, a big win over and tie uh, over Ben Holm, who's, who's a tough guy. Uh, Timmy Eisenbron, he comes out and defends his uh, strap that he had won in 2017 over uh, Dylan O'Sullivan. He beats Nick Jewell uh, to retain that 179 title. We saw the first uh, time we'd seen Chase Price uh, he made his debut with a with a Von Prue choke of Derek Lavasser, uh, Joe Bradley that we saw him as well uh, with his first win of the year. He gets uh, a Camaro win and stays unbeaten himself as he begins to line up with Joseph Long now for February's uh, 155 title fight. Uh, so it's interesting to see you know both those guys that around two, they, in 2018 were starting to heat up. Uh, we saw Shannon Goffrey beat uh, Emily Geddes that night. Uh, Ian Lawler uh, submits Cromwell Stewart. That was another one that stands out. We had a, a had a top level uh, female bout. It's Chelsea Bailey moved to three and zero over Invicta Vet uh, Kelly D'Angelo, and then uh, Charlie C Four Alexander uh, was back in the main event as he defeated. Um, Lathan Lawson and moved to two and one after he'd been out for about a year uh, with broken hands. Uh, you didn't, did, did I recall? Did you, were you at that Nashville show, Justin, or you, you did make that trip? I missed that when I was at Joe Rogan in Charlotte for my right. birthday on that weekend. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we, we, we came back in April for the Big 420 show at the Shed. I know you were there. And uh, it was Valor 49, Fight Night at the Shed. That was, a, it was an all amateur event, but it had a lot of good action. Uh, let me see here. We had Zach Hammock 
uh, one of the top team prospects in the area. He moves to three and zero that night uh, with a big win over CJ Wimberly. Morgan Hickam uh, also goes to three and zero that night. I think she moved to three and zero that night. She might have been one and zero at the moment. She she beats uh, Winona Daniel. Uh, she's one of the top prospects over at, at KMAA. Uh, Logan Crowley had a big uh, highlight reel knockout over Cody Sprague that night. Uh, we the main event. I'm sorry, not the main event, but the fight of the night rather. Uh, was was Tevin Peak and uh, or sorry Trevor Peak and Tevin Brown? Uh, it was a war, a very uh, close split decision fight, and uh, it's so good that uh, we're going to be talking about it here in a little bit as an of the year uh, nominee, and also uh, of course uh, they're going to be rematching for the 170 title at Valor 55 in February. So that was a awesome fight there that night. Uh, Chase Winder returned that night as well after a long hiatus uh, and. Uh, he beat Aaron Phillips that night. Um, of course, uh, Walter McCord, we saw win the, the 125 tie title with a win over one of the area's top guys, Jacob Clemens. And Chris Ricker wins the main event with a unanimous decision over Megan Poe. That ended up being her last amateur MMA bout. Justin, your thoughts? Um, it was a great card, man. Uh, let's see. That Tevin, Tevin Brown fight, like you said, that was you know, definitely a fight of the year candidate. Um Logan Crowley, man, that that kid, I really really was was looking forward to watching him fight, you know. After that, and you know, yeah, he's he's dropped his last couple, but still super impressive. Um, let's see here, the the Muay Thai fight, um, I think is is probably what stands out the most to me. Um, you know, I mean, that was a that, that was a big upset, I, I think, for you know, with Walter McCord uh, winning that Thai title. Walter McCord is, after watching him, is without a doubt one of the most talented kids uh, in the in the area, <laughs> in, the, in the whole region. He is he's something special, honestly. And he doesn't do MMA; he just does Thai. But the I kid, mean, he is so quick. And the kid's work ethic. I mean, like you know, I don't know if you if you follow him on social media or anything, uh-huh. but I mean, he's he's constantly training, constantly getting new looks, constantly getting better. Um, you know, uh, I guess. Actually, the the two most impressive, I guess, would be uh, another one on that card was uh, Zach Hammock. That's you know the same way, just you know, just uh, a workhorse and and you know getting looks every every everywhere he can. And um, those are two that you should really keep your eye on. Both of them, you know, just fighting Muay Thai right now. That brought us to Valor 50, uh, and that was June the 9th at the International. It ended up being the last show at the International before it closed down. That was uh, always one of my favorite places uh, to have events, and uh, this one was uh, another fun one. Zach Hammett comes back, moves to 4-0 that night with a knockout over his teammate, Caleb Spangler. It was a fight that I thought maybe they would go soft, and no, those guys freaking through. Uh, Logan Wolf. Uh, also makes his Valor debut that night. He gets a win over Troy Dickerson. Silas Reynolds comes back and gets a win as well to go to 2-0. and We saw a great fight with Josh Lewis making his MMA debut with the win over Chase Price. Sam McAlpin shocks the world, knocks out Frankie Padilla. Uh, Greg Hopkins gets a win back there uh, that night with a TKO over Greg, or sorry, Joe Boer. Um, Joseph Long keeps rolling that night. He sub- submits Chase Winder. Uh, Chase Batwell comes in, defends his Valor title over an undefeated at the time, Javier Carbajal. Uh, and then we also had, uh, that was the night that Jennifer Haas-Nixon uh, bailed on Shannon Young, just just dipped. 
And so left us left us standing at the altar. And then, of course, uh, James Conway defeats Jason King in the main event. A lot of people thought the stoppage was early, but, you know, you can't fault Conway. He went out there and did what he what what he's supposed to do he went until the ref stopped the fight. So uh, Conway moved to two and zero at that point on the year. Your thoughts on that night? A uh, big knockout for our boy, uh, Greg Hopkins, you know, mm-hmm. Um Logan Wolf, like you said, uh, that was the debut of Logan Wolf, right? Or Va- the Valor debut. The Valor debut. You can think yeah. of he fought on another show earlier in the year. Right, that's right. Um, you know, saw him get get a nice submission there. Joseph Long, I'm impressed with every time I see him fight. Um, and, you know, Chase Boutwell's, everybody knows how special that kid is. Yeah, man, Chase Boutwell is... Uh... He's the real deal, you know. He's it doesn't get uh, doesn't get much uh, more blue chip than that guy. Uh, that brought us to Valor fifty one in July. It was July twenty first at D three Sports in Johnson City. Uh, that night we saw uh, the return of uh, of C J Philpot. He came in there and beats uh, Cal Gill from KMAA. We saw uh, Ned Spears de- defeat the rookie uh, Logan Wolf by second round triangle. Uh, we saw the return of Adam Prime Tom Towns into a Valor uh, cage, and he uh, makes his Muay Thai debut that night over Justin Hatcher with a with a victory. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Ch- Charlie Seifer Alexander beats uh, Keith Olsen by decision in a really good fight. And in the main event, uh, man, it was a war. Uh, Chandler Cole uh, wins the Valor heavyweight title with a knockout or a TKO, I guess it was, over Aaron Bush. But uh, even, though, even though it was a first-round uh, TKO, this it doesn't do justice to what a war that fight was. No, man, it was yeah one round, but it was four minutes and 48 seconds into that first round. I mean, it was right, right there at the very end. Um, and, I mean, Aaron Bush, you know, he came, he came prepared to fight. You know, I think uh, nobody really would have given him a shot at, at, at fighting that good of a fight against Chandler. Um but you know, ultimately Chandler just just proved to be too much. Um, Cole Farrell is always always uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, you know he's he's definitely a big personality. Um, Charles Philpot was uh, you know he had a he had a, a big year too. Uh, so that was a that was a real good one. Um, it was a good night, man. Uh, the uh, you know kind of. Kind of surprised, I guess, a little bit by the the C four and, and Keith Olsen fight, um, but Charlie Alexander stuff, man, and he's you know he's been doing it for a long time too, and um, you know he's he's one of the best in the region. Of course, that brought us to uh, our our last shed show of uh, this past year. It was Valor fifty two, another amateur event. Uh, we saw the debut of Nick Wigley. Uh, we saw Emery Norred make his Valor debut, moves to two and zero. Uh, and beats Joe Boer. Uh, we saw a crazy, crazy fight with Rodrigo Martinez um, finally uh, defeating J- James Arden in a just a just a Donnie Brook. <laughs> just a, an absolute. The crowd was going nuts. It was uh, one of those fights that, while not necessarily the most technical in the world, it, you won't find a more entertaining. <laughs> uh, Devin Brown kept rolling that night, moved to two and zero in two thousand eighteen. Uh, also, we saw Caleb Miller finally uh, gets a win over Logan Crowley. Uh, Caleb Miller also undefeated on the year. I think he may be 5-0 and now. And then in the main event, we saw C.J. Philpott come back again, makes a quick turnaround, just fighting like three or four weeks before, uh, and then uh, wins the first ever Valor Cruiserweight amateur title over former collegiate wrestler Chad Finnerty. Uh Your thoughts on uh, the fight night at the Shed? 
Yeah, that was another big one for Philpott. Um, the Crowley and Miller fight was just a great fight. Um, like you said about the Arden and, and Martinez fight, the crowd was just insane. I mean, they, you know, from from the time that both of them were making their their walks to the to the cage and throughout the fight, it just get, got louder and louder. It's crazy. I, I didn't realize that it was you know it was stopped early in the second round. So I was thinking that it was like late in the third round was when it was stopped. Um, but that's how good of a fight it was. It's, I mean, it, it seemed like a lot longer than you know just over a round. Um, yeah, Tevin Brown, um, you know, just, just kind of showing us that, that he's for real. Um, it's a good night. And then of course that brought us to our most recent event and the final event of 2018 is Valor 53. We make our debut at the Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of us at the Cotton Eye Joe moving forward. And this was a really fun night as well. A lot of pro fights that night. Got to see Garrett Sharp for the first time. Uh, he moved the 2-0 and overall, but as his Valor debut, he beats Taylor Wilson. Uh, we see Jacob Clemens win for the last time as an amateur. Uh, he makes his intentions known to go pro with a win over Chance Hurst. Shannon Goffrey comes in and beats Emily Geddes in a really good, exciting back-and-forth pro tie fight. Uh, we see David Robbins make his pro debut that night. We saw uh, Chris Wolf come back after five years on the shelf and get a win. We saw Dre Miley beat uh, Ned Spears. Jason King beat uh, Nick Jewell, and then Billy Swanson uh, versus John Hall was uh, epic. Yeah, man. I think, you know, for me, the best part of that night was was my, my date, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> Ben, that's a, just a great venue. The atmosphere was was live. I mean, um, you know, everybody was – was. it just felt so – you know, it, it's, it's a decent-sized place, but the way that, that they have to set up the cage, you know, everybody's pretty close up on it. Um, and so, you know, it feels real personal. Um, I think, I think people, people really enjoyed that, that venue and, you know, a lot of us stuck around afterwards and had some drinks and, and hung out for a while and had a great time. Um, you know, it's cool to see David come out and get to make his pro debut. Um, looking forward to, to seeing him, you know, fight, you know, some little tougher competition, uh, next time around, but, um, you know, nice for him to, to finally get in there. Uh, Jacob Clemens making what looks to be his last amateur uh, showing um, looked great. You know, got a got a first round TKO there. Uh, and like you said, uh, Billy Swanson, John Hall, man, that was a uh, that was a hell of a fight. Um, Billy getting a big big TKO in the second round there, and 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 going one and zero as a pro. That was another fight that, like you said earlier, that you know you were surprised that it was only in the second round. Uh, mm-hmm. That was another fight that I really felt like we'd seen three rounds of, of action when it was stopped. Yeah, that would have been a, a fun one. I mean, it would have been, you know, uh, that would have been a fun one to see in a five-round fight, too. If, if you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, they wouldn't have made it. They were both about <laughs> to die after two rounds, but, man, we wanted more. Oh, yeah, you know, it, was, it was something else. And that, that's what that's that. where you know you just saw something that was that you're going to remember, you know, mm-hmm. so – uh, you know, let's let's see. Let's kind of hash out the best of, you know, those were those are the events that we had. Those are the seven Valor events of the year. I'm still going to factor in uh, on their records whenever we kind of go through this, uh, even wins on other promotions, like a rookie, if you will. If they fought on other promotions, if they fought with us and they still had other wins, I'm still going to count that. So uh, looking at uh, first, let's look at rookie of the year. Our, this would be fighters that made their debut in 2018. It's all amateurs here. We don't 
don't have any pros, even though there were some pro debuts. Most of these guys are that weren't aren't rookies per se. So, uh, you know, you know, looking over our list, I think uh, an initial seven that should be uh, mentioned anyway, and then we'll kind of whittle it down from here. Uh, you know, Logan Wolf at a KMAA, the younger brother of Chris Wolf. He went two and one uh, this year uh, with wins over Jeremy Smith and Troy Dickerson. Lost to Ned Spears by triangle, but it uh, came out and was busy. Thought, fought three times in his in his uh, his first year fighting and uh, tall and lanky at 125. He's got good wrestling uh, and uh, it's certainly somebody to keep an eye on. Silas Reynolds, 2-0, I think is another guy that's in the conversation. He uh, had wins over somewhat lackluster competition, though. Bud Cook and Justin Winchester uh, were his two uh, opponents. Uh, he's 2-0 on the year. He's about to turn around and fight here in January against uh, a good step up in Rodrigo Martinez. Uh, Silas trains with Shield Systems, uh, another tall, long, 145, pretty big at the weight. And uh, and I will say, even though it was against not stellar competition, he he did get stellar finishes in those fights. As you know, he, he really had good like highlight, highlight real knockouts. Um, Garrett Sharp, I think he's another guy uh, to at least mention, 2-0 this year, uh, won on Sam McAlpin's Alabama Fighting Championship card over Corey Perigo and then beats Taylor Wilson uh, in uh, this past November. Uh, he's 2-0 and out of KMAA. Uh, we saw C.J. Baker go 2-0 and this year, and he is a heavyweight out of the Chattanooga area. He was originally going to be the opponent for A.J. Johnson's debut until that all fizzled out. But uh, CJ's a prospect in his own right. He's really tall, six foot seven. He's got a high school wrestling background. Uh, fought Ricky Jones and Brandon Folan this year. So uh, not just top level competition, but uh, a gradual step up in each case. Uh, Morgan Hickam went three and zero this year. She's KMA product again uh, with wins over pretty tough competition in all three of her her wins, and they were all three on different promotions. She beat Winona Daniel on Valor. She beat Danielle Wynn uh, down on the uh, aforementioned Alabama card that uh, Sam McAlpin put on. Uh, but the Danielle Wynn is from Hardcore Gym and trains with, you know, Rory Singer. And she's got good, good, good coaching and you know, a solid team. Uh, and then she beat a girl named Danny Harris up in Kentucky, who's another girl from a good team that uh, – it's like area five one three or some such up in the Louisville uh, area. There, there's a good team. So uh, three pretty solid quality wins for Morgan Hickam. Uh, I think even though he had a couple losses, we got to mention Logan Crowley. You know, this is an independent fighter out of Oneida that has just got. <sighs> Yeah, just a, an appeal to him. You know, he is he's got his, I feel he's got a certain star factor to him. Still has a very exciting fighting style. Um, all action had some good knockouts. Had an upset over Julius Bowling in his debut. He came into Johnson City and knocked off Julius Bowling in his hometown in the main event. It is uh, in his debut. Uh, he wanted to step up in competition at two and zero, uh, and and he lost in both uh, both times he stepped up. He lost to Mike Douglas and lost to. Caleb Miller, but those are not bad losses. Those guys are top top 155 amateurs. Uh, and then we'll mention Emory Norred as well out of Blaylock's IMB. He debuted for Valor um, at the Shed. He beat Joe Boer. Before that, he fought on the Alabama card that we talked about 
uh, beat some lesser competition there. 2-0 and on the year. Uh, blue chip athlete. Played football at UTC down in Chattanooga. Uh, he's he's going to be something. I think he'll be a really, really solid prospect if he stays with it. Uh, your thought on this, your thoughts, Justin, on this seven pack here. Uh, any any leaders, in your opinion, for uh, for rookie of the year? Any any stick out to you more than others, and and why? Um, my top three would probably be uh, C.J. Baker, uh, Morgan Hickman, and and Silas Reynolds. Um, I think Silas has is got a, a, a big future ahead of him. Um, you know, out there with Shield Systems, and you know that's some of the best coaches that you can find in that area. Um, C.J. Baker, I wish he would have gotten to to debut against uh, A.J. Johnson, just because it would have you know lifted his name. He probably would have mopped the floor with A.J. Um, nobody knew who he was or anything. He was the only one that would wanted to step up and take that fight. And, um, you know, unfortunately it, it fell through for him, but he still got a couple of fights on the year and, and, and looked really good. Um, you know, and then, and then Morgan Hickman has the best record on the year out of everybody going three and oh, um, making a good case for herself. So I think that I would probably give it to, to Morgan Hickman, uh, for rookie of the year. You know, I think I'm on the same page with you for the most part. I, I think that we could probably uh, eliminate uh, Wolf and Crowley just because of the losses, although uh, both had very good uh, rookie campaigns. Uh, and again, I, they, they, there's something to be said for staying active and being out there and not just doing one fight. Uh, you know, the, both those guys came out there and fought, uh, you know, three, four times. But at the end of the day, they did they did take some losses. Uh, I think that Norad's a guy that we could probably Norad and Sharp probably uh, for the same reasons, uh, not uh, being that you know they had a little bit less than stellar competition, two and zero. Uh, both guys two and zero, but uh, you know I, I really think that the the three that you named are solid uh for a top three i would also have to go with the agreeing with you on morgan as as the top of the three just mainly due to the fact that she's got an extra win and i feel like her strength of competition is uh notably better than yeah. both of those guys yep i'm with you so there it is. Morgan Hickam is your rookie of the year. So saith the Valor Hour. Morgan Hickam, three and zero KMAA. Look for her to be fighting again. Uh, I would guess really soon, man. I, I would really uh, anticipate seeing her most likely on the March card. Um, I know that they are anxious to get her back in action, and uh, I think at three and zero, she'll be making a run towards uh, a title here in 2019. So that brings us to, uh, let's see, let's do amateur fight. Let's do amateur fighter of the year. Now, we're not going to have such a long list for all these. That was just one where I felt like some, at least some mention was due to all of these newcomers. Because I like to, you know, when we've got a lot, some good, solid rookie talent out there, we want to keep them happy and keep them, keep them in the mix, you know. So amateur fighter of the year. These are the six that I want to at least mention, and I think there are a couple that have a much stronger case. Uh, Tevin Brown went 2-0 this year, including that Fight of the Year nomination versus Trevor Peak. He's lining up now to rematch Peak at uh, 
February, uh, the February card for Valor 55. That'll be the main event for the 170 title. Uh, Joseph Long went 2-0 and this year. He fought tough competition. Uh, he beat Chase Winder. He beat Ben Holm. Those are two tough guys. And that doesn't count competition where he went down and won the uh, national tie uh, uh, boxing uh, tournament down in Florida. So he really had a really good year. And he's lined up now to face Joe Bradley at the aforementioned uh, Valor 55 card. That's the co-main event behind uh, Tim and Brown. So it kind of speaks to, you know, these are these are the top amateur guys in the area right now and they're all kind of like lining up with each other for titles and main events and whatnot that's kind of cool caleb miller he was three and oh on the year although only one of those was a valor card uh he he did uh get a win over logan crowley and what was probably his his best win um charles philpot went three and one after an zero and one 2017 he won the first ever valor cruiserweight championship uh, and uh, beat Chad Finnerty there as well as Cal Gill. So uh, a good year for, for Phil Pot there. And then you've got kind of the just the, the two blue chippers, you know, Chase Boutwell and Walter McCord. Chase Boutwell, he only fought with Valor one time this year, but he was already the defending champion. He came in and knocked off an undefeated, uh, you know, stud wrestler in Javier Carvajal. Um, he also won that conflict title just a month ago. He, he won the UMAF National Championship, went to Worlds, and I feel, I think he finished fourth or third. I, I think he got to the semifinals, or maybe he was one on. He was real close to making it all the way to the to the World Championship. He's a, he's something special. Uh, Chase Bowell out of Rush MMA in Macon, Georgia, uh, trained by our buddy. Bubby Mitchell down there. Shout out to Bubby. And then, of course, uh, Walter McCord, who we only saw the one time. But Walter has some really gaudy record. Walter's like 12 or 13 and 0. And, he, and when you see the kid fight, you know that you're watching something special. He, he knocks off one of the very best that we have in this area, and Jacob Clemens. Um, and even though he was only 1-0 with us, and I can't verify what his record was on the year because he fights all over the place. You know, he fights in national and world tournaments. So uh, he's still got to be if, – even if even if others overwhelm him in the conversation, I feel like he at least deserved to mention Justin. I almost wish there was that we had another category for this for you know amateur tie fighter of the year because yeah you know it's it's kind of weird having you know throwing him in there with with guys that are you know MMA fighters. Um, and like well, you said, I think I think that we've got. I think we're authorized to even. Uh, I think we're authorized to even like on the cusp inaugurate another category. Well, I think we give amateur uh, Muay Thai fighter of the year to Walter McCord, hands down. I agree. Um, and, and then my so and then my top three uh, for amateur MMA fighter of the year uh, will be Chase Boutwell, Caleb Miller, and Joseph Long. Uh, we thought we were going to get a title fight between long and miller um i think they're training together quite a bit now and unfortunately we, we probably won't get to see that fight but man those two are are studs and uh that, that'd be an excellent fight to watch be fun just to be in the training room with those guys oh yeah um but i think uh, my number one is it's got to be chase boutwell uh you know going to win winning umaf and making a, a solid count for himself at worlds um you know, like like we've said a hundred times. I mean, everybody who has seen this kid fight knows that you know his future is really really bright. Um, so yeah, it's a he's he's he gets my pick for amateur fighter of the year. 
Yeah, I got to agree with you once again here. I, both good years from uh, all the aforementioned, uh, you know, but ultimately Boutwell was the guy out there, you know, traveling the literally the world and beating the best in the world. So uh, I think that it's hard to uh, hard to deny. Chase Bowell's Amateur Fighter of the Year, Wilder McCord Amateur Tie Fighter of the Year. Now, what about the Amateur Fight of the Year? I think it really comes down to, and, and, and I'm going to leave this. If you've got something to add here, Justin, that I didn't think of, feel free. Uh, I came up with two kind of finalists, if you will. I thought the Tevin Brown and Trevor Peak battle that we've talked about already in uh, in length here uh, from the summer at the shed was it has to be in the conversation. Um, the shed spawned both of my my nominees, actually. The Rodrigo Martinez and James Arden from the second shed show. These were two fights that had the crowd just off their rocker. They were both wars. I don't know if there's something about this being at the shed that brings this out in people, but we're going to see Tevin Brown and Trevor Peak run it back in part two in February. Uh, anything I'm missing here, uh, Justin, that should be in the conversation? Man, that was a lot of good fights this year, but those two definitely stood out above above all the rest. Um Yes, as far as the amateurs go, uh, I got to give it to, uh, to Tevin Brown and Trevor Peak. Um, I can't wait to see that rematch. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, I got to agree with you once again. Martinez and Arden was a blast, super fun. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we ended up getting a finish there. Brown and Peak went, uh, you know, three hard rounds. Split decision. We're going to see it back again. I think it's only fitting. That's the amateur fight of the year. Let's move on to the uh, let's move on to the to the to the comeback uh, fighter of the year. It's going to be guys that have been out of action uh, at least uh, at least a year uh, or more in most of these guys' cases, and uh, and made a big comeback in 2018. There's four guys I want to talk about. Uh, and, and again, if I'm missing anybody, let me know. Uh, Chase Winder, he was out for over two years. Uh, he came back in 2018, went two and two. Uh, so, you know, he, he he was out there and he was busy. He made the move to KMAA and it seems to have really rejuvenated him. He's already got his uh, pro debut lined up for this January 19th card. He's taken on a, a good action fighter in Antoine Mosley. That's going to be a good one. Um uh, like I said, he's two and two this year. He fought a guy that was in the conversation for fighter of the year and Joseph Long. Um, you know, uh, Lynn Cook is another guy I want to talk about. He was out five years, returned in January and got a pro tie win over a tough John GQ hitting. Uh, Lynn's a guy that was, you know, in very much a, a, a well-known guy on the scene five years ago and uh, had taken a hiatus and now back training his, uh, his own group of uh, fighters uh, and, uh, and got the itch to get in there again. Uh, Chris Wolf, another guy who was out five years, made his return just last month, beat Roy Sanders. He's getting ready to come back and do it again um, in January. So uh, Chris Wolf has come back after a long layoff. His younger brother, Logan Wolf, has been in the conversation earlier, and uh, he's uh, he's looking to, to, to stay on track. And then I think uh, Charlie Alexander is a, another guy that – we got to at least mention here he's uh, he was out a year, over a year, broke his hands in uh, early 2017. He was out a year, uh, come back and was 2-0 in 2018, uh, main event of the Nashville card, went to Johnson City and beat Keith Olsen. Uh, so I've got to uh, put him in the in the running as well. Your, your thoughts? I love the first three um, on this one. These are all, you know, guys that, that I've shared locker rooms with back in the day and especially Chase and, and Chris Wolf, you know, seeing them come back, it was 
you know, special for me. Um, but I think that, that Charlie Alexander gets the nod on this one. Um, you know, coming back after two broken hands and, you know, the, the, the level of competition is, was way there, you know, it's not even, not even a competition. Like, you know, Charlie Alexander was fighting top level pros, you know? So, um, I think, you know, that's that setback, you know, and they had early, early of 17, you know, putting him out for a year that, that could have, you know, totally stopped his, his momentum and, um, you know, been, you know, career changer and he didn't allow that to happen. He came back and, and had a great year. Yeah, man, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to say, you've got a good point there. Charlie's a guy that, you know, while these other uh, folks have, have made great comebacks and great to talk about and, and, and are making, you know, moves moving into the future, they, they still uh, have not faced the level of competition that Charlie has, uh, even being off on the shelf for, uh, over a year with the with the, the hand issues, comes back and faces a tough Lathan Lawson, who is who's much better than his record indicates. I he people are you know he's if you know Lathan Lawson, you know that's a tough out. Uh, he knocks him off and then uh, like I said, goes on the road, beats Keith Olson in Keith Olson's hometown. And, that's the big uh, one. Yeah, that was a big one. It really was, and it wasn't any kind of. I don't think it was controversial. You know, it was no. he, he went in there and he he did what he wanted to do. So. Uh, yeah, Charlie Alexander, without a doubt, uh, the, faces the better competition uh, and is successful out there as well. So Charlie Alexander, our comeback fighter of the year. Now, this one's a little is in a way kind of similar, but at the same time different in that this is the most improved fighter. So these are going to be people that haven't necessarily been out. For, but but they've really just made noticeable improvements, and, and we'd like to brag on them a little bit. And you may have some you'd like to add to the list. There was a few others that I thought about putting on the list. So um, the three, though, mainly that I wanted to uh, to mention here uh, would be uh, first uh, C.J. Philpot, Charles Philpot. He, he was three and one this year after going zero and one in two thousand seventeen. Wins the two twenty five title. Goes on the road down in, uh, I want to say, in like Biloxi or New Orleans or somewhere down on the Gulf Coast and knocks off a guy he wasn't supposed to beat. Uh, so, you know, Phil Potts, a guy that has really uh, had a big 2018 after a very lackluster 2017. Um, Trevor Peak is a guy that is uh, two and one this year with a fight of the year nominee. Uh, he beat Greg Hopkins in an absolute war down on Sam McAlpin's show. And then he went to Kentucky and beat Peyton Hughes uh, in his hometown. And Trevor's a guy that you know, he's fought, he's th- he's two and one, but he's fought very tough uh, competition in all of these fights. And he's very exciting fighter and, and very personable and um, uh, has really had a big 2018. Um, and then I've got to give some, uh, some props also to the aforementioned Sam McAlpin, who, who, you know, we, we only saw him uh, before this. He, lost the big sexy Billy Swanson, didn't have a very good showing, didn't have a very good record, comes in and he scores a huge knockout upset victory over Frankie Padilla at Valor 50. And so uh, after that, it didn't end. He went up to Kentucky and knocked out another big old guy he wasn't supposed to knock out. So uh, Sam McAlvin, I'll give you some props here, buddy. Two and oh on the year, two knockouts. Uh, your thoughts? Do those guys all three train together? Uh, not Philpot, uh, McAlpin and Pete, and Pete do, but, okay. but but Philpot's from up like Chandler Cole's way. Okay, I wasn't sure where he was from. I knew that that McAlpin and Pete did, but um, yeah, McAlpin 
had had a good comeback, you know, with uh, those two knockout wins, like you said. Trevor Peak, we talked about earlier, um, being a fight of the year candidate. Um, but I got to give it to uh, Phil Pot, man, going three and one on the year. Um, you know, the, the guy that you were talking you were talking about that he went down to uh, Louisiana. He fought uh, the number one ranked uh, guy in in Louisiana and took him out. And so, uh, you know, he, he was one and oh, oh and one last year, and then you know this year four fights, three wins. Uh, I think CJ Philpott is, is my most improved this year. I definitely see the argument there. Um, I think that it comes down to Phil Potter peak. Uh, both guys have had, you know, just great years. Both guys took a loss, but both guys uh, also had, had just really good wins as well. So, man, I'm really on the fence on that one. Um, man, I think Phil Pot having one extra win gives him gives him a little bit of a lead, and he collected a title. And although um, you know Pete's win over Greg Hopkins was was for a title, but it wasn't the Valor title, so we'll give it to CJ Phil Pot. But at the same time, very very good job from McAlpin and Pete. I, I love both those guys, and I think that uh, we're going to see a lot more good stuff out of them in 2019. Um, that leaves the pros. We got. Uh, We've got the Pro Fighter of the Year and the Pro Fighter of the Year. The Pro Fighter of the Year, um, and if I'm missing anybody, tell me again. Um, but I think that the, the top couple names on the list have to be James Conway and Charlie Alexander because uh, they both were undefeated in Valor. They're 2-0. Jason King is 2-1, so he had an extra fight, but he did lose to Conway. So, but he had a big win over Hank. You know, uh, Alexander though two and zero on the year, two uh, two big wins, including one on the road. But Conway had that one on the road as well. But then Conway lost on the M one Global Show a little bit later. And so he's actually two and one on the year, two and one of Valor. It's a tough one. What do you think? So, so that's where Conway lost it at M one. He did at Nashville Show. He lost. Okay, um, I got to give it to Conway. I think that his uh, the competition, you know, between. His two wins, uh, you know, Valor with King and Weeks, I think, uh, outweighs, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Olsen's, Olsen's the best of, you know, the, the best of any of these guys' wins would have been Alexander's over Olsen. But um, I think that, that King and Weeks are, are solid and outweigh Lawson, so I'd have to give it to uh, Conway. Yeah, that one is really tough, too, you know, because, um, you know, Essentially, you've got a guy that, that didn't take a loss, but he didn't take a loss on Valor, beat one of the other guys in the conversation, um, you know, fought, you know, in, on the on the overall spectrum, I think, all considered the better competition. But Charlie Alexander had the big, uh, you know, he didn't take any losses. Uh, man, it's so tough. And we, and we gave Charlie the, the comeback fighter. So I'm with you on Conway for Pro Fighter of the Year. It's a tough one. If I could give two out here, man. Yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what tipped it for me was that we gave Conway – or we gave uh, C4 the, the comeback fighter. <laughs> right. And for that, it would have been it would have been really hard to deny him. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. So we'll make sure everybody gets some love there. So that gets us a Pro Fight of the Year, our last word of the night. And we're going to wrap it up. Uh I think there's only two that I can think of that really were at the top. You know, there are a lot of good fights. But as far as the two that really just left you just, wow. Uh, we got to see Chandler Coles win over Aaron Bush that we talked about earlier. He won the heavyweight title. 
took a lot of big shots, gave a lot of big shots. Those guys were really throwing. Then the Billy Swanson, John Hall fight, oh man, same thing. You know, he, he went an extra round, but uh, they were both throwing, you know, and eating a lot. There was a lot of just drama in the air, it felt like. Which one of these two you think uh, was, the, was the better? I'm with you. I mean, as far as, you know, I think those two were were definitely, you know, set apart from, from all the rest of the pro fights this year. Um, but I've got to take uh, Swanson and Hall on that one. Um, Chandler Cole and Aaron Bush fight was, was fun, super fun fight to watch. And, uh, you know, I think that, the, you know, both guys, you know, have a lot – a lot more pro fights and um, the their all around skill level is is higher, uh, but the more entertaining fight to watch I think was was Swanson and Hall. Man, we're on the same page all night tonight, man. I think at the end of the day, you know, Swanson and Hall happened. Swanson and Hall happened after mm-hmm. uh, it happened after and after Cole and Bush, and I still stood up after Swanson and Hall and said, "Yeah, it's fight of the year." You know, yeah. so, so, you know, whereas Cole and Bush, I was into it. Don't get me wrong. It was breathtaking, you know, but it was just like, yeah, I guess when you come down to it, it was just like big, heavy, sh- like a more like more in awe of like what what kind of uh, shots it, these guys <laughs> could endure. Whereas there was just a little bit more drama to the John Hall thing, you know, like it just it, yeah. the John Hall and Billy Swanson thing, because John was, you know. He was starting to fade, and maybe maybe he wasn't going to come out for the second round. But yeah, he is coming out for the second round. And oh, dude, it was. Uh, and then and then you know he started catching Billy with some shots. Was Billy going to slow down? It was uh, it was awesome. So I'm really looking forward to see uh, to see what both uh, those guys have in store 2019. And uh, man, how fitting that was the last fight of the year, technically. Yeah, you know that was that was the last fight that that Valor hosted. So. That's our thoughts. That's a, that's the Valor Hours of the Year Awards. Uh, you know, just wanted to give some some praise and shout outs where it was uh, where it was due to a lot of guys that deserve it this year. Thanks to everyone that that, that graced the cage, though. Of course, uh, if you if you get in there and uh, put it all on the line, then the, you know, then props to you. You're you're a winner for sure. Uh, that's going to bring an end to this episode, man. We've been on here a long time. It's been a minute since we've had one this long, man. We, next week we've got uh, we're gonna we're gonna recap what's going on this weekend, of course, and then we've got to really dive into some hardcore previews for Valor coming up on the nineteenth. We're gonna do probably four interviews or so next week. So uh, and then what what is there? Uh, is there we have uh, picks for the next weekend? Is there fights or not, Justin? You know. Uh, not sure offhand. I don't think so. I think the next, I think the next big event is uh, Cejudo and and Dillashaw. I think I think we got a week off though. Okay, I could well, be wrong, but I think we got a week or two off. Yeah, well, that's the case. Then uh, we will uh, we'll find something fun to do. Shit, I don't know. We're creative motherfuckers, but yeah, well, <laughs> we have we got plenty we got plenty of stuff with with the Big Valor show coming up. I think yeah. we, can, we can focus yeah. on that for a couple weeks. Yeah, we can really we can marinate on that show here for a few weeks. We need to anyway. We need to start getting some hype going. Maybe we'll get these YouTube guys on here, man. That'll that'll give us something to talk about. Oh yeah, that would be uh, that'd be fun. It'd be fun if we could uh, see if we could set them up on Skype and and do them both at the same time. Oh lord, I'd be. We probably wouldn't get a word in edgewise. 
Uh, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening, folks out there. We appreciate everyone. Uh, spread the word. You know, share this stuff on social media. Let's keep the let's keep the audience growing out there. Thank you to our guests, uh, James Adcock, Chris Ricker. You catch them on January nineteenth at Bauer Fifty Four. Thanks to the N One Global Champion of the World, Nate, the Train Landwear for joining us as well. Always a pleasure catching up with him. Thank you, Justin, as well. Uh, it's been a long episode, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Valor Hour out. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>